The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1981, Episode 2, March through April. Those winning bells are gathering that old gang of mine. March 7th, Ringo and Barber begin a promotional interview tour for the United Artists film Caveman, starring Ringo Starr and Barber Bach, along with John Matusak, Shelley Long, and a host of others. Today, they record a guest appearance on the Barber Walters Show 2020, where the couple are interviewed from their home in Los Angeles. Bob, was it difficult to, to be with a man who was pot legend as well as pot man? All legend, oh, all sorry. man. Sorry. See, I don't live with the legend. I live mm. with my Richie. Every once in a while, Ringo will come popping out at me. What's the difference? Well, Ringo's well, the performer. He's a brat. Ringo's the loud mouth sometimes. Ringo's the shades and the drink and the cigarettes when you would prefer him not to. And uh, Ringo's the deep voice, you know, <laughs> and Richie's my Richie, you know, and very different, very, no, yes, I'd say different it's enough, it's attitude, it's an attitude, uh. they like the shades and the drugs and the drinking, <laughs> stop and take the time to smell the roses, stop and take the time to fill your nose. No, she just thinks no. so. It's a, just our little joke, you see. And when it goes over TV, it'll all be in all the, the national papers. <laughs> it'll be in all the papers. Right. Oh, he's a drunkard. Did you see him on the Barbara Walters show? 
and he had his shades on. It must mean he was on drugs. So, you know, <laughs> they'll have all that crap that goes down. But, you see, you also learn that there's no control in that. So you live your life and you have a good time or whatever. Not, it's not always good. See yourself acting together. Do you want to do more? What do you think we're doing together? now? At <laughs> <laughs> this very moment. Is this how you see your life, or what? We do you just see want that? to be together. We don't care either one of us which one is working. We will get married. We never actually said that before. You're getting married soon? We're getting married this year. And, um... So that's uh, the end of that, of, uh, like, we'll never get married again. <laughs> you are my destiny When you hold my hand What was it like for you when you were on that stage oh. and there were those masses and the screaming and the cheering? It was fabulous. and George the Mystic. And Ringo. Lovable chap. It was fabulous and people used to get crazy because they say they never listened to you. When we were around, the point was not to listen, it was just to go and have a good time. Singing a song called, I want to be your man, I'll show you. A big round of applause for our drummer, Ringo! we gave up touring was between ourselves as musicians and human beings. We realized that it didn't matter what show we did, good or bad show, we would get the same reaction. And so 
everyone had their, their own idea of what they wanted to do. Now, you can't do that when the band is trying to do one thing. So you have to split up, and, our, and the three of us would have played on John's album to do what he wanted to do, and the three of us would have played on Paul's album, and the three of us would have played on John, uh, George's album, and the three on mine, but that would have made it separate albums, you know? We weren't then interested... Four people as one unit no longer existed. That's right. We all had uh, definite ideas of what they wanted to do individually. And that's why I broke up? That's why I broke up. But this last year now, the four of you, we're close, we're brothers, as you used to say. Uh, I've never not been a brother. I've always felt close to each one. Though, like brothers, we've had terrible rows. You know, but it was never... Uh, I mean, things... All the things you read in the press, like... Paul suing us and us fighting went on, but it never stopped uh, the love between us all, and the, the music was always more important uh, than anything else to me personally. You'll have to ask the other two. For people... Isn't it funny when you say that now? Yes. You know, it's so new to me that uh, I always sort of, it clogs you up a bit when you say, you know, because you're so glib saying, oh, we'll ask the other three. Yeah. Now we can only ask two, which is uh, dragging its wing, but I'm sure he's okay. I'm really sad. I still miss John a great deal. I'll always miss him, you know, but it's still brand new. When you heard about how did you hear about it? Uh, Barbara's daughter called us up saying John's been shot. And so that drove me crazy, but you think as a, he's been shot, he's shot in the arm, shot in the leg. And then they came back and they said he's, uh, he's dead. Do you want to stop that now? No. Because it's... It doesn't help, you know, but it, it always gets me upset. Right now. But it would be amazing if you did. Yeah. Well, he was a great friend. Several days later, still in Los Angeles, Ringo and Barbara taped an appearance on the Merv Griffin Show at the Hollywood Palace Theater. The show is scheduled to air later this year. Ladies and gentlemen, greet, if you will, the two stars of Caveman, Mr. Ringo Starr and his co-star, there's a lot of stars, Barbara Bach. Here they are. That's a lot of love. Oh, I know. Uh, can you handle that? I'm trying. Are you? <laughs> Roaring over the footlights there. Nice to see you both. Uh, oh, it's a pleasure to be Barbara Barbara has visited in the past. Oh, You've yeah. always turned us down, Ringo. I don't know. No, I never oh. turned you down. I know. You never asked. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't ask a Ringo star to come on a show. Ask a Billy star. For fear of being hurt for the rest of your life by his <laughs> refusal. <laughs> I never refuse. I'm an easy touch. Yeah. Are you? Do you enjoy going out and talking about yourself and projects and things, or...? I enjoy talking about things we're promoting. Right. And that's why we're here. <laughs> oh. But are you rather reclusive? Uh... Oh, I'm so shy. Are you? Do you sneak around town? I mean, do you have little hats and... No. Funny yeah, we glasses? We were around and... town yesterday, you just wander around. People tend to leave you alone, do they? Uh, most of the time. 
I'll do autograph. Hello, yes, fine. Right. It's okay. Are there regrets, Ringo, that you didn't once again reunite? There's no regrets. Before John's passing? No regrets. No? No. We've never known how that, that happened. Did you all sit down one day and say, that's it? Everybody actually knows what happened. <laughs> but no, you, no. Was we, there a meeting we, of all who said, let's... Yes, we've we decided we weren't touring anymore. Then we decided we are not going to be a group anymore. And that was the end of it. Right. I'm really getting, you know... Tired not, of it? Tired of I it. I know, but it's, it's such a legendary story. And the problem really? is we've come to do this movie, show you this great piece of film here. You know, let's get into today. Yeah, and so I've just done a week's tour of promotion. And it's, it's getting silly because I'll do, you know, a two-hour interview. And we talk about the movie, you know. And the movie gets one line, and so, you know, but 20 years ago gets a page and a half, and that's not why we're here. We're here to have a laugh and show the movie. Let's show them a clip. Testing oh, them up, devil. A duke. Ruck. Flock. Rock. Flock. Bork. Kalta. Nuke. Ta. Ul. Ul, no. Food. Food. Ul. That's fire. Haraka. Bobo. Friend. Friend. Bobo. 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 Lunda. Love. Zug zug. All right. Zug zug. Set up the whole premise of uh, Oh, the premise is a prehistoric comedy. That's about all I can say. <laughs> Brains over brawn. Really? Good over evil. Good. Do, are you enjoying this new way of... It's really a new way of expressing yourself, isn't it? Uh, quite way? a bit different acting. Well, I've done 11 movies. But this is your first starring. This is the first starring role, ladies and gentlemen. That's a lot of pressure. We'll be in your cinemas on the 17th. Really? And oh. you can see more of Barbara than you can now. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't allow more that in the film. Richie. Yes. <laughs> Why did you choose? The general, the general press seems to say I've got nice legs. Really? Very modest about it. How about the dialogue, though? I hear there's an economy of words yes, we have in the film. Yes, a lot film. of studying to do. And some of them we won't understand. No, you'll understand all of them. It's a universal language. Is there much thug thug in it? Uh, as much as I can get. <laughs> Aren't I good? I read all my uh, notes. Zug uh, uh, is the word for love. getting together. Right. Anyone awake? No. <laughs> They're all zug out mm -hmm. there. <laughs> Why did you choose this, Ringo, for your first starring role? You've well, that was one of the reasons. <laughs> it's the first starring role. Um, they sent the script. I enjoyed the the story being uh, back in time, because I was watching TV and my kids were sort of saying, oh, not another space movie, so 
So, well, take a chance. And then I enjoyed it only having 15 words because uh, a lot of it's mime. So we have to mime a lot. It opens the 17th of next month. 17th. Right. I hope you'll all be there. We will be. Thank you, Ringo. Okay, very thank much. you. Continue success and happiness. Thank you, Barbara. We'll be back after this message. Studios in London on March 11th, just a week from returning from Montserrat, McCartney begins working on overdubs and production for his new LP. The first track he records was an instrumental titled Newt Rex. On March 13th in the U.S., Geffen Records released the single Watching the Wheels, backed with Yes, I'm Your Angel by John Lennon and Yoko Ono. The single is lifted from the LP Double Fantasy. People say I'm crazy Shadows on the wall 
number 7 in the U.S. Cashbox Top 100 charts, and number 30 in the U.K. New Jersey Beatles fan Paul Gorish. When that record came out, I was so proud of it because there's only five names on the record. You know, there's John's name, Yoko's name, the producer of the record, the owner of the record company, and my name. Over in Los Angeles on March 22nd, Ringo and Barbara fly to Chicago as they continue to promote their upcoming film Caveman, which premieres in theaters nationwide April 17th. How did you come to make the movie Caveman, and why did you pick that kind of a, of a theme? Well, uh, the script was presented to me by a friend of mine, and uh, I read it. And it's a script that didn't have pages and pages of dialogue. A lot of mine is in the movie because we only have 15 words. So it interests me, the idea that we would sort of mime... It's, it's like a silent movie with 15 words in its own way. And that's what excited me. I didn't really want to learn uh, or take any notice of pages and pages of dialogue. The idea that you were on your own miming this movie, that's what interested me. While in Chicago, Ringo and Barbara record an appearance on March 23rd on The Phil Donahue Show at WGN Studios. This show will air later this month. Ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to welcome uh, Barbara Bach and Ringo Starr. Please welcome Can you imagine attacking this kind of crowd? Uh, we haven't had this many photographers since Rita Jenneret. Barbara and Ringo met on the uh, movie uh, Caveman, 
and that's uh, to be, uh, soon to be released. And what's the story? Uh, what's the story? <laughs> All about the movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, the movie is a prehistoric comedy about good over evil, love over hate, and all those other cliches. You, uh, you, you met on the movie uh, set, but apparently really didn't get chummy until the movie was almost over. Yes, she played hard to get for three months. <laughs> is that so? No, that's not so. I over to you, Bob. Yes, dear. <laughs> Actually, we were lucky because we became good friends first. I mean, we got the film together, we met in L.A. at the director's house for an evening, and then on set, we rehearsed together, we started working together, and I started realizing, hey, he's a nice guy. Mm. He's really sweet, even if he is a Beatle. Yeah. <laughs> we were in Chicago with, uh, incidentally, the movie that uh, we're here to talk about is titled uh, Caveman. It's a very unusual movie, and we'll show you an excerpt of it, and we'll give this audience a chance to talk with Barbara and Ringo, and we'll be back in just a minute. I was, I was just concerned. Both of you have children. I understand, Ringo, you have three, and Barb, you have two. How are your children reacting to your relationship? Uh, it's getting better. <laughs> Over to you, Bob. Well, at the beginning, my kids were a little leery of it because I had lived for three years with my parents in the, in the middle. And uh, funny thing is, they came in one morning to say goodbye to me as they went to school, and they always saw Richie there. And one day they got me aside, they said, when is he going to work? <laughs> Not being used to living with the musician who works at night. Are you recording again? Uh, yes, we're just completing an album which should be out uh, sometime this year. Okay. Uh, do you think that maybe you all will get together and have some type of reunion for your fans, you know? Uh, I don't think so anymore. <laughs> no. Not even the three. Uh, no. You were the only Beatle to visit uh, Yoko following the slaying of uh, John. That's right. Do you think that's uh, important? The press has certainly made note of that. And uh, John was my dear friend, as well as the other two, and his wife is a friend. And uh, when you hear something like that, I mean, I just, as soon as I heard, we were, we were in the Bahamas at the time. I was finishing a record. And um, we got some phone calls, you know, that John had been injured we heard first we didn't know what was just coming through spasmodic and then we heard he was dead so i mean i don't know you know you don't sit there and think what to do it was just i had to make a move or we had to make a move and i had to go to new york i mean you had to say hello to the guy's wife you know yeah obviously not, not all the beatles felt that way well it, it's, it's how you feel you know i mean it's just one thing I had to do at that moment. It's like the crash. I mean, I have to start joking because I could see Barbara shaking. When the situation comes up, you just do something. You know, you either go and hide or you go and visit or you go... Yoko wanted to see you alone. Yeah. And well, she didn't really want to see anybody because it was such a great shock. But uh, we went into New York and went over to Barbara's sisters who lives there. And we stayed there, and we made some calls, and, uh, you know, she was really up and down that, well, she's still up and down a bit, but, 
you know, she wanted to see someone, then she didn't want to see someone. I mean, it was hard for her to handle. We came in like uh, eight hours late or something like that. I mean, it was a, 12 hours late. It was a shock to her system. So we sat around a bit, and then she said, yeah, come on over. Because it wouldn't have mattered if she'd have said yes or no. I mean, it was her right. It was just that we were there, and if we can do anything, or we can just say, you know, sorry or whatever, which doesn't help, but just say anything. So we got to the apartment, and uh, she said uh, she just wanted to see me, mainly because she's known me a lot longer, I would think, and she'd only met Barbara twice, twice before. But it was real good the last time we all met. And I said, no, I'm sorry, you know, we go everywhere together. And uh, we both went in and said, whatever we said. Mm -hmm. I don't... Uh, here was a man who was responsible for lyrics like... Uh, I am the walrus. And... <laughs> He'd like you to smile. He How are you doing, smile. Johnny? Uh, <laughs> you really do deal with the pain of this with humor, huh? It's I, I tend to deal with most things with humor. I don't know. It's the only... It's my release, you know? And uh, knowing him well... I mean, it was... At the beginning, it was such a downer. And, uh, I mean, I really couldn't, you know, every time I thought of John, I got real depressed and real down. But then you start thinking of what the man was like, and he was so up, and, you know, the, the good times we'd had together, you know, and the laughs we'd had. And so, you know, all the pain starts flowing away after a while. It never leaves you, but it gets less and less. You thought of him as the... Uh he was the, you say he was the good time, he was the... Uh... No, the good times we had together. He, he used to like to laugh, did John? Well, I like to laugh. Yet he's the man responsible for those profoundly important, not to suggest that they meet, they convey the thought that he didn't have a sense of humor, but he would imagine there's no country, nothing to live or die for. Yeah. That, those lyrics frightened people, they were so revolutionary. Well, I don't know why, it's just imagination. <laughs> Uh, uh, the, uh, I can't answer for John's songs, you know. I mean, he wrote some amazing songs, and uh, his lyrics meant different things to everybody, and probably meant different things to him than they did to me. Not for that, Phil. Let's brighten up the show. <laughs> You'll uh, forgive us and understand our interest in the uh, no, not only the I, the incident, but I guess we. We're, we're understandably curious about what you talk about when, that, when it does come up among yourselves and how you possibly deal with the wastefulness of this. It's total irrational. The three of us found it, uh, I think, a little hard to deal with because we were constantly talking to each other but saying nothing. Be prior to? Before or after? No, after. After, John. I mean, we were just phoning up to check everyone was okay. You know, hi, George. Hi, Ring. And, and nothing would Well, happen. well, well. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. You know, there's nothing you could really say at the beginning. Then we started to say, I mean, we were just stunned, you know, like this audience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. And we'll be back in just a moment. And we'll be back, too. Hi. What's your opinion on George Harrison's new autobiography, I Mean Mine? Uh, I love the binding. I haven't read the inside. <laughs> it's a very fat book. Ringo, why do you wear two earrings in one ear? Just to be trendy, darling. <laughs> I was wondering, 
something about that Paul album. It says, like, you and George played that or something. Uh, Is yes. that a rumor or what? No, I played on it in Montserrat. That was another rumor, you see, that everyone said, oh, we're getting together for the dedication album, which was totally untrue. Uh, Paul had worked on my album, so I went and played on his. George didn't play. I was the only other one there. Have uh, you taken on more security since John's death? Uh, we... I must be honest and say yes. Barbara, I'd like to see your uh, diamond engagement ring that uh, Ringo purchased. Oh! oh. <laughs> That's right, Mike. The shape is, uh, we should not be surprised. He's a little star. Mr. Starkey? Yes, Mr. Starkey. Yes. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm fine. Uh -huh. I'm really excited to be here because one of my dreams was always to meet you. Yeah. And the other Beatles as well, but one of my dreams has died. And, uh... I'm just well, happy. I'm just okay, happy. nice to meet you guys. And we'll be back in just a moment. Uh, the guests are in there somewhere. Oh, so do I. <laughs> uh, with very little time left, we'll just make the point that uh, Ringo and Barbara star in Caveman, a uh, motion picture to be released uh, in mid-April. Thank you. And proudly appearing at local theaters everywhere. Uh, and with thanks also to the uh, manner in which they've accommodated the young people who asked and we said yes, who asked to be here in the studio audience for today. And for all you older folks in the back here in the cheap seats, uh, thank you very much for uh, your cooperation and for making this a, uh, a very spirited hour of uh, exchange. I'm glad you were here, and I hope you have a nice day. Goodbye, everybody. Continuing on their promotional tour for the film Caveman, on March 24th, Ringo and Barbara tape a short interview segment for the television entertainment show, PM Magazine. Then on March 26th, the couple tape an interview at the NBC Chicago studios for the national morning TV show, Today. One of those romantic Hollywood myths, and this is one of those romantic television introductions. Actor and actress on location in a film, working in close quarters, weeks of innocence, strictly professional relationship, and... They fall in love. Well, that is no myth. Barbara Bach and her husband-to-be, Ringo Starr. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning. Okay, it's confession time. What really happened? Uh, when? Caveman. Oh, uh, caveman. That's why we're here. You were in Mexico making a film together. Yes. You did not know each other when the film began that's production. Is that correct? That's correct. And when did you first notice her, Ringo Starr? First day. What did you say to yourself? Hello, baby. <laughs> Some people resent what seems to have been the capitalization on John Lennon's death by other people commercially. All sorts of junk is being sold as if it were a memory of his to take advantage of the love that so many kids mm. had for him and for you all collectively. Does that occur to you? Do you, do you resent the commercialization of John Lennon's death, both on the well, air and in stores? Besides John's death, I hate the commercialization of, of the memorabilia because it's very new memorabilia. It's not old anymore. 
And so, you know, a thing like that, would, which would give someone a chance to make a profit, is, uh, it brings you down. Ringo Starr, do you have one final word for the early morning viewers of today? Yes. Good morning. Miss Bach? Another good morning. Two good mornings and two hands. Three hands. Three hands. Barbara Bach, thank you very much. Ringo, thank you, thank you very much. I hope you have a serene wedding and that you never tell anybody Indeed. about it. Well, she's not telling me. Thank you. After the taping, Ringo and Barbara fly off to New York to meet with CBS Records to discuss distributorship of his LP, Can't Fight Lightning, which is scheduled for release in a few weeks. Having been dropped by Polydor Distribution overseas, Starr wanted CBS Portrait to pick up the overseas distributorship. He also asked for a more proper publicity blitz to happen to coincide with the film Caveman's release. Ringo believed that both publicity campaigns would send him back to the top of the charts. for CBS International told Rolling Stone magazine that Portrait Records did approach them regarding overseas distribution for Can't Fight Lightning, but they declined. Portrait Records had to part ways with the former Beatle, citing three main reasons. Number one, Can't Fight Lightning did not meet their artistic standards. Portrait executives did not like the album at all and felt it had no commercial potential. Number two, they refused Ringo permission to use the company airplane to promote Caveman and noted that Ringo was not touring to promote the new record. And number three, international distribution is causing problems, along with the lack of sales of his last LP, Bad Boy. We'll be lucky if we break even. Right. Thus they had withdrawn the release of Can't Fight Lightning by the end of March and Ringo was dropped from Portrait's roster of artists in April. You're feeling down, you're feeling blue You do know that you care, but you don't know what to do CBS Records president and CEO Walter Yetnikoff described Ringo's departure this way. Look, I don't give a flying f*** if he's Jesus Christ. If he's not selling records, I don't want him on my label. So Ringo's management team began to search for another label, as the Can't Fight Lightning album that Ringo had such high hopes that would catapult him upward back into the charts was temporarily shelved. Ringo and Barbara leave New York en route to London to prepare for their wedding. I'm sure you fall, fall in love. 
Another Liverpudlian drummer creating some waves of his own is former Beatles drummer Pete Best, who released an LP in Greece on the Fable Sound label titled The Pete Best Band, The Beatle That Time Forgot. Just let me have some of that rock and roll music. Any old way you choose it. It's got a backbeat, you can use it. Any old time you use it. Gotta be rock and roll music. If you wanna dance with me. I took my love on over across the track So she could hear my man a whale sax I must admit they had a rocking band My name was blowing like a hurricane But they were playing that rock and roll music Any old way you choose it It's got a backbeat, you can lose it Any old time you use it It's gotta be rock and roll music If you wanna dance with me if you wanna dance with me Don't get ahead or play this modern jazz If they try to play it too damn fast I'm changing the beauty of a melody I'm still a sound is like a symphony That's why I go for that rock and roll music Any old way you choose it It's got a backbeat, you can't lose it Any old time you use it Gotta be rock and roll music If you wanna dance with me Peter's asked about John. There were two sides to John, and I was fortunate to know both sides. There was the side which the public saw, which was the rough, abrasive, ready-witted, uh, quick-tempered person. Um, but when I got to know him in Hamburg, and because he spent a lot of time at my house as well, there was also a very tender and a loving side to John. The way I felt when he actually died December 8th was, uh, you know, it was sick. It hurt me deep down. Okay, I know people turned around and said you haven't seen him for 20 years. Okay, uh, but at that present moment in time, my memory sort of floated back to the, the fun times I'd had with you. You know, we fought together, we laughed together, drank together, whatever else we did together, you know. Um, and I just couldn't believe it. What a lot of people forgot was uh, that I'd known this guy for four years, regardless of what happened. And the way he was tragically slain uh, was just something, that was, you know, it was a great loss to the, the show business world. This LP is also scheduled to be released on Phoenix Records in America later in the year. On March 30th, Atlantic Records release in America the LP, Concerts for the People of Capuchia. This two-record set includes performances from The Who, Pretenders. Tell me, tell me, tell me, 
Elvis Costello and the attractions. They try to beat you back. They try to talk you tough. They try to jack the laugh. If you get out of Elvis, I don't know how you think that you can be. I just don't know why you can see that he is all in the imposter. Rock pile. God, I'm really early from the factory. I'm driving like a nut in the rain. Don't think I was acting so hysterical. Robert Plant. Rockestra. 
is produced by Chris Thomas. This album went to number 36 in the U.S. Billboard Top 200 chart. Also on March 30th in the U.K., Elm Tree Books published Shout, The True Story of the Beatles by Philip Norman. Shout. This, this Norma Phillips, I refer to Philip Norman as Norma Phillips. It's just a little joke of mine. People say it's childish, but I will have my way. Uh, he came round and promised everyone, you know, everyone would get to see the book. It was all going to be wonderful. And we invited him into our homes. We showed him the kids. Did the whole bit. I mean, boy, did we do the bit. Because he used to be a friend. Because he schleps back to America and does the dirty on you, know. All you can really do is just say, well, I'm not talking to him again. This is Philip Norman. I had the reputation of being anti-McCartney because I'd written a Beatles biography called Shout, um, which I admit was rather hard on him and perhaps unfair. He kind of casts me as like the villain of a ruthless, ambitious person who's kind of going to put anyone down just to claw his way to the top, you know. Well, that's a little bit Dallas, you know, it's all a bit J.R. Um, I think we're probably as ambitious as each other. I certainly wasn't the only ambitious person in the group. Meanwhile, over in London, Paul is continuing to record and overdub tracks for his next LP. In keeping with the theme of guest artists on this album, he wished to have guitar work on the track Wonderlust. McCartney thought it would be a great idea to have his friend George Harrison play that part. Coincidentally, Harrison asked Paul if he would add some backup vocals on a track he was doing as a tribute to John. Paul agreed, arriving at Friar Park Studios in Henley with Linda, Denny Lane, and producer George Martin. They worked on George's song titled All Those Years Ago and never got around to record overdubs for Wonderlust. It's April in America, and another drummer making the rounds is X-Wings drummer Joe English. A higher power tonight, rock with a difference from FM 104 XLN. Tonight, a very special interview with Joe English as he prepares to come to Louisville this Saturday evening in concert. We're going to be talking with Joe, who is in Nashville this week, and uh, preparing once again to begin his summer tour. 
He's playing in Atlanta this Friday night, and then they're loading up the truck right after that concert and driving all the way to Louisville to be here Saturday night in concert at Memorial Auditorium. The interview with Joe English and the album Lights in the World, our featured music and artist tonight on Higher Power. With the release of his Christian pop LP, Lights in the World, back in October 1980, Joe formed the band The Joe English Band, playing and touring with his style of Christian pop rock music. playing drums with McCartney and Wings, but uh, could you tell us just a little bit about before uh, McCartney, before Wings? I played in a band called Jam Factory that was from upstate New York, Syracuse, New York, and we had an album out on Epic Records. It's called Sitting in the Trap. And like from 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, we were on a nationwide tour, and we... We opened shows like for Steve Miller, The Grateful Dead, and placed open on the show for Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin. Uh, we, were, we, were, we were with a booking agency that handled a lot of big acts, and we got put on as an opening act trying to expose the album. But professionally, in the, in the rock business, I've been doing it since 1969. Everybody thinks I didn't do it. Everybody thinks I was in hibernation like a bear until Paul McCartney met me. Right. But uh, I had been doing it a long time before that. Joe English has 22 gold and platinum records to his credit and also a successful concert tour before 3 million people as a drummer and vocalist for one of the biggest and most successful bands in the world, Paul McCartney and Wings. And we ask Joe how he came about playing for Wings. Just a friend of mine who was in Macon had been working on uh, that record Sally G in Nashville in Junior's Farm. Right. He's a, his name is Tony Dorsey and he's a horn arranger. And McCartney was using him, and he caught wind that McCartney was going to be firing his drummer, Jeff Britton, and looking for somebody else. So he called me up and said, there's a chance you might have the job. And then it came to pass, you know, that he called me. And I went without any audition, went right to New Orleans and on a Wednesday. On a Tuesday and on a Wednesday, I started recording Venus and Mars. I guess you were surprised, huh? Yeah, I was sort of surprised, but it just happened so quick that I just took it all in stride, you know. I... I would have been surprised if I, you know, had been playing for six months and didn't put anything, any time into it. But looking back on it, I, you know, I was a professional musician and had paid my dues, as they say, quote. And uh, I thought it would be a great big deal, but McCartney's just, you know, he's a fantastic songwriter and, 
one of the top in the business, but I look at it this way. He's another human being. Sure. And he was real easy to get along with. It was real smooth. I've just seen another sunset on my own. All day long I've been alone. And I must do something about it. Yes, I must do something about it. How did uh, playing with wings help you musically? Well, musically, as far as the, the challenge of the music, it wasn't that much because before I joined Wings, I was playing rock, jazz, fusion, which calls for a lot more playing ability. But the Wings thing, I was a complete turnaround. I was playing three-minute songs and little compact, tight songs, and I learned how to play those kind of things. And I learned a lot in the studio working with McCartney for three years in the studio. That's, that's that's the blessing I got out of the whole thing, was being around a songwriter like that and working with him as a producer in the studio. And we, we actually had we actually had access to helping mix the albums and stuff. You know, we just didn't record it and go home. We were there working on the board with him and everything and throwing around ideas. It was it was a real 
learning period. Joe, your first album uh, has been really been received well here in Louisville, and we understand there uh, is another one coming out sometime after this summer. And I wanted to ask you, uh, the group that you went to after Wings, Sea Level, uh, it wasn't anywhere well as known as Wings, but uh, for people that like Southern rock, your drum work was certainly enjoyed. more of that type of sound uh, on your next album. Yeah, well, see, the next album will be a band sound. This one's studio musicians. The album's out now. And the band is real tight, as everybody will see if they come to Louisville. And it'll be more on the uh, more on the band sound, not horns, not a lot of background girl singers and guy singers and strings. I'm getting away from that. I just want the just the uh, the raw sound of just the way the band sounds. And the new material will probably be more geared towards that. you this joe has your becoming a christian uh, influenced your friends in the rock world uh, i guess i'm thinking about paul mccartney in particular right now well he moved and i have no communication with him i sent a record to him and it, he had moved and that and i got the record back because he wasn't at that address i'm going to england this fall and i hope to contact him well joe thank you so much for taking time out to talk with us today uh, I, know, I, I know you're busy and you got a lot to think about this week with your tour beginning yeah Thank you for talking to me. On April 1st in America, at the Los Angeles Superior Court, Ringo's ex-fiance and partner Nancy Andrews files a lawsuit against the former Beatle claiming damages of $5 million and the rights to half of the assets the couple bought while they were together for the past five years. Nancy devoted five years to Ringo at the expense of her own career. 
She was his minder, friend, confidant, and fiancé. She felt tossed aside with no means of support. The palimony case was settled for an undisclosed amount, with Ringo understanding and doing right by Nancy. Around this time, Yoko renames Len Ono Music Publishing Company to just simply Ono Music. She also contacts producer Phil Spector and the musicians that worked with her and John last year on Double Fantasy. Yoko Ono has been keeping busy recording tracks for an LP titled Season of Glass. Spring passes and one remembers one's innocence. Summer passes and one remembers one's exuberance. Autumn passes and one remembers one's reverence. Winter passes and one remembers one's perseverance. There is a season that never passes. And that is the season of glass. On April 10th in New York at the Rivoli Theater at Broadway and 49th Street, the Carl Gottlieb film Caveman, starring Ringo Starr and Barbara Bach, is premiered. The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. Wet. And sloppy. Caveman. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs a leader. Will it be Tonda? He is strong. How about Gog? Gog is out of sight. And Atuk. Atuk sounds good. 
Batuk will be the leader of the Stone Age. He will teach man to walk erect. He will discover fire. He will invent roast chicken. And fried eggs. Sunny side up. He will inspire the men. And zug zug the women. Yeah. Atuk Zogzog Lama. He will protect them from all the beasts of the earth. Ringo Starr, Barbara Bach, Dennis Quaid, Shelley Long, John Matuzak, Avery Schreiber, and Jack Guilford. Caveman. They don't call it the Stone Age for nothing. On April 16th, New York City Mayor Ed Koch from his offices at Gracie Mansion, signs a city ordinance renaming a designated area of Central Park to be known as Strawberry Fields, in honor of John Lennon. Strawberry Fields forever. In the small sleepy village town of Cookham, Berkshire, outside of London, George Harrison lends his lead guitar work to Mick Fleetwood from the band Fleetwood Mac on a track for Mick's upcoming solo album titled The Visitor. They record at the Soul Recording Studios, owned by Led Zeppelin's guitarist Jimmy Page.
On April 27th in London at the Merleybourne Registry Office, Richard Starkey and Barbara Bach are married at 3.45 p.m. with the officiating registrar Joseph Jevons, who also married Paul and Linda McCartney in the same room in 1969. As Ian Webster reports, there was tight security around Marylebone Register Office. Following the shooting of John Lennon in New York, London police were taking no chances. Over 30 officers were on duty around the building. The supervising registrar had been asked to keep the time of the wedding secret, and when asked, he wouldn't even admit it was going ahead. Paul McCartney chose to arrive at the back of the registrar's office, and when the crowd at the front saw him, the police had to hold them back. Other guests got an equally enthusiastic reception from the waiting photographers. Ringo's wife-to-be arrived in the same taxi as her future husband. She describes herself on the marriage license as an actress, while Ringo, now 40, simply called himself a musician. The ceremony was as brief as the wedding party's arrival. Paul led the way out with his wife, Linda. Then the third ex-Beatle, George Harrison, dashed down the steps and into a waiting taxi. The newlyweds were the next to leave, barely posing long enough for photographers. They were on their way to a reception at a Mayfair club to celebrate the happy occasion. I never knew that a day like today lay before us. I've got the sun in my heart and my heart's in the sun. Skies are as bright as your eyes, the horizon is open. Love is the ceiling, feelings are reeling, free as the Among the 70 invited guests were Ringo's mom Elsie and his stepfather Harry Graves, Paul and Linda McCartney and family, George and Olivia Harrison, Harry and Una Nielsen, Neil and Susie Aspinall, and Derek and Joan Taylor. Sleep tight, my love 
On the same day, April 27th, it is reported on the ATV Today program that Denny Lane had quit Wings and the band is no longer. Without getting into too deeply, the word goes around, oh, he fell out about this, he fell out about that. You know, I don't, I don't look at it that way. You see, I, I would never talk about things, negative things, because it was such a positive experience, the whole thing. I never fell out with him. You know, whatever people think, they don't know what, what went down. Here, Denny talks about Paul's ongoing issues getting into Japan, which led to the demise of Wings. We won't go into Japan, but that was, even then we were supposed to go to Japan and our visa were revoked because of previous stuff. When we finally did get to Japan and he gets stopped, and then that was again, okay, now what do we do for two years? You know, we've got to get visas and we've got, obviously, studio again. So you add all the things up and it was time for me to make a move. And I wasn't really upset with him for that thing in Japan. It just threw a spanner in the works, you know, as to what I was wanting to do, which was to play live more. You know, and plus, I had to go and live out of the country because of tax reasons at the time, and it just wouldn't have worked. That's all there was to it. We never fell out. There was no big fight. It was just, again, time to take the trail, you know, the gypsy trail. Continuing in a moment, George releases a new single. George, you wrote a beautiful song, and one of the couplets in it, you wrote, Living with good and bad, I always looked up to you, unquote. Paul works with Michael Jackson. He rang me up. I didn't believe it was him. So I said, who's this? I said, Michael. You sure? (laughs) Michael who? And Yoko is sued for plagiarism. Another bride, another June, another sunny. Honeymoon, another season, another reason for making whoopee. Next on Yesterday and Today. Andrews Blackwood and Company, in a way you've never heard them, with songs from Bruce Hibbard, Tim Shepard, Phil Johnson, and others. The guitar work of Hadley Hawkinsmith, Dennis Soli on sax, Abraham Laboreal on bass, and the horns of For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time.
I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts yesterday and today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. Wow. (laughs) And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterday and today podcast, or facebook.com slash third men, or you could head to society6.com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast, that's society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we need your help. <laughs> Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see oh, me. For God's sake.